0: Part One, Section Four of My Mortal Enemy by Willa Cather. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Part One, Section Four The next morning Oswald Henshaw, in a frock coat and top hat, called to take Aunt Lydia and me to church. The weather had cleared before we went to bed, and as we stepped out of our hotel that morning, The sun shone blindingly on the snow-covered park. The gold Diana flashed against a green-blue sky. We were going to Grace Church, and the morning was so beautiful that we decided to walk. Lydia, said Henshaw as he took us each by an arm, I want you to give me a Christmas present. Why, Oswald, she stammered. Oh, I have it ready. You've only to present it. "'He took a little flat package from his pocket and slipped it into her muff. "'He drew both of us closer to him. "'Listen, it's nothing. "'It's some sleeve buttons given me by a young woman who means no harm "'but doesn't know the ways of the world very well. "'She's from a breezy western city where a rich girl can give a present "'whenever she wants to and nobody questions it. "'She sent these to my office yesterday.' "'If I send them back to her, it will hurt her feelings. "'She would think I had misunderstood her. "'She'll get hard knocks here, of course, "'but I don't want to give her any. "'On the other hand—well, you know Myra. "'Nobody better. "'She would punish herself and everybody else "'for this young woman's questionable taste. "'So I want you to give them to me, Lydia.' "'Oh, Oswald!' cried my aunt— "'Myra is so keen. I'm not clever enough to fool Myra. "'Can't you just put them away in your office?' "'Not very well. "'Besides,' he gave a slightly embarrassed laugh, "'I'd like to wear them. They are very pretty.' "'Now, Oswald... "'Oh, it's all right, Lydia. I give you my word it is. "'But you know how a little thing of that sort can upset my wife.' I thought you might give them to me when you come over to dine with us tomorrow night. She wouldn't be jealous of you. But if you don't like the idea, why, just take them home with you and give them to some nice boy who would appreciate them. All through the Christmas service, I could see that Aunt Lydia was distracted and perplexed. As soon as we got back to the hotel and were safe in our rooms, she took the brown leather case from her muff and opened it. The sleeve buttons were topazes, whiny yellow, lightly set in crinkly gold. I believe she was seduced by their beauty. I really think he ought to have them if he wants them. Everything is always for Myra. He never gets anything for himself. And all the admiration is for her. Why shouldn't he have a little? He has been devoted to a fault— It isn't good for any woman to be humored and pampered as he has humored her. And she's often most unreasonable with him. Most unreasonable. The next evening, as we were walking across the square to the Henshaws, we glanced up and saw them standing together in one of their deep front windows, framed by the plum-colored curtains. They were looking out, but did not see us. I noticed that she was really quite a head shorter than he, and she leaned a little towards him. When she was peaceful, she was like a dove with its wings folded. There was something about them, as they stood in the lighted window, that would have discouraged me from meddling, but it did not shake my aunt. As soon as we were in the parlor, before we had taken off our coats, she said resolutely, "'Myra!' I want to give Oswald a Christmas present. Once an old friend left with me some cufflinks he couldn't keep. Unpleasant associations, I suppose. I thought of giving them to one of my own boys, but I brought them for Oswald. I'd rather he would have them than anybody. Aunt Lydia spoke with an ease and conviction which compelled my admiration. She took the buttons out of her muff, without the box, of course, and laid them in Mrs. Henshaw's hand. Mrs. Henshaw was delighted. How clever of you to think of it, Liddy, dear! Yes, they're exactly right for him. There's hardly any other stone I would like, but these are exactly right. Look, Oswald, they're the color of a fine moselle. It was Oswald himself who seemed disturbed and not over-pleased. He grew red, was confused in his remarks. "'and was genuinely reluctant when his wife insisted upon "'taking the gold buttons out of his cuffs and putting in the new ones. "'I can't get over your canniness, Liddy,' she said as she fitted them. "'It's not like me, is it, Myra?' retorted my aunt. "'Not like me at all to choose the right sort of thing.' "'But did it never occur to you that anyone besides yourself "'might know what is appropriate for Oswald?' No, I'm sure it never did. Mrs. Myra took the laugh so heartily to herself that I felt it was a shame to deceive her. So I'm sure did Oswald. During dinner he talked more than usual, but he was ill at ease. Afterwards, at the opera, when the lights were down, I noticed that he was not listening to the music, but was looking listlessly off into the gloom of the house, with something almost sorrowful in his strange half-moon eyes. During an entr'act a door at the back was opened, and a draft blew in. As he put his arm back to pull up the cloak which had slipped down from his wife's bare shoulders, she laughed and said, "'Oh, Oswald, I love to see your jewels, Flash.' He dropped his hand quickly and frowned so darkly that I thought he would have liked to put the topazes under his heel and grind them up. I thought improperly served then, but often since I have wondered at his gentle heart. End of Part 1 Section 4